3: And well met listeners. Uh, my name's Sam. I'm here hosting Nintendo Voice Chat episode 365 because pairs out. Uh, we have with us uh, some regulars. Zach hey, Ryan. It's me. You're a regular now, right? I am. A regular ish. Yeah. We have Brian Altano. Hey, what's up? And Casey DeFritis. Hey,
1: guys. Did you call me a regular fish? Because frankly, I don't appreciate that. Regular ish. Oh, well, okay. Right. Um,
3: Marginally better. So, uh, Casey, this is your second NBC, right? Mm-hmm. Good, good times. Yeah. Here we are. I'm excited. Newish crew. And, uh, pairs. It's, it's SDCC week. Uh, we're doing a lot. Uh, we're actually recording this a little bit early, and we're going to still put it up at the same time. We might put it up a little bit early. We'll see. But uh, that means that some of the news you might hear might be out of date by Friday. Shame. Possible? Could be possible. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week, we're going to talk if about a couple
1: things. If that's the case, uh, if you're angry about the lack of new news, make sure you tweet at Sam Claiborne. That's yeah. uh, at Samuel dash IGN, underscore I think that's IGN. that's underscore IGN. Yeah, and let him know Only it's mean his fault stuff. the don't news is nice like yeah. Don't send me nice
3: stuff to the congratulatory thing. Just really get in there and grind those gears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, we have um, a couple of cool topics today. We're going to talk about the new games we've been playing because, basically, we have a console launch coming up. Uh, By the time you hear this with the uh, 2DS XL, we have a couple games launching with that. It is kind of a console launch because there's Miitopia and Hey, Pikmin. Uh, We've been playing those games. Uh, We also have a uh, review of the 2DS XL that's up now. Uh, Casey did that review, so we'll dig into that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the history of Nintendo in the arcade, uh, something that's near and dear to myself. And Brian might be a little bit new to Casey. I don't know what your experience is. We'll find out. I'm going to show you some cool arcade flyers. If you watch this on YouTube, we have some special treats for you this very episode. But first, let's talk about some news that happened this week. It was kind yeah. of a slow news week. Yeah. But there are newses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do this. Several news. Yeah. First of all, uh, Kingdom Hearts is uh, not being considered for Switch at this time, is one way to say it. Or you can say it's being considered <laughs> for
1: Switch eventually. I yeah. don't think that that's true. The latter, anyway. I, they,
2: they just said it's definitely going to come out for the Xbox One and the PS4. Before yeah, I think I have Switch, a quote. If yeah. that is ever going to happen.
3: For now, we want to focus on the pl- on what platforms we've already announced. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a hard no, right? And then uh, we don't know what the power of this game is going to require. But they did show some Toy Story uh, stuff this week that looked a lot like the movie toy Story. It looks which, stunning. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty, it, really good. it
1: takes a lot of power to do. Yeah. That. It does look amazing. I mean, uh, I, man, I believe kingdom hearts three is running on the unreal engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't remember if that's true and people are going to come after me in the comments <laughs> if that's not true. Um, but I know I, I'm pretty sure it's not squares proprietary engine. Um, and that means that it will probably be really hard to port to the Switch. Yeah. Um,
0: We've seen Unreal Engine 4 stuff on Switch. Um, mm-hmm. It's what Snake Pass is running on. A couple games are running on it. But, yeah. Uh, I think that that. a a game of this scope getting just mentioned now as a possibility means I don't see it happening for a while. That being said, if we get closer to the pipeline of this actual release date and square goes, Hey, yeah, we're going to do it for switch. I think there will be a sizable audience that holds out. There's already games like there's smaller games, indie games. I mean, at that point you've been waiting what, 25 years for this game. So maybe wait another year. (laughs) Uh, but there are smaller indie games that I've been waiting for to play on switch. Even when I have other opportunities to play them on other consoles. So yeah, I think um, we talked about, uh, Ukulele
1: being one of those holdouts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, and I don't really know yeah. that Kingdom Hearts is a holdout game for the Switch because intrinsically, the Nintendo fan base, like if you're only a Nintendo person, you maybe haven't played a console version of Kingdom Hearts game, like a yep. mainline Kingdom Hearts. You know, we've gotten uh, dream drop distance and whatever that weird fraction the game good was. DS support. Yeah. Serious DS support. But, um, I, I, I don't know, like the console, sw- uh, Kingdom Hearts games to me are sort of synonymous with Sony. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of surprising to me that, that, that Xbox is getting Kingdom Hearts as well. I guess Xbox has gotten the last couple of Final Fantasy games, too. Sure. But um, it just doesn't seem like a Switch game to me as much as it pains me to say that.
0: So no, no, I feel you. There are, there are games that just feel like, even if they're third party, they feel like they belong on certain consoles, right? Mm-hmm. Like when people saw Crash Bandicoot possibly going to Xbox, they're like, hey, don't put that weird wolf <laughs> and jorts on that You guys are kind of console. talking
3: about the great Final Fantasy flip, though. Yeah. Because yeah. Final Fantasy was once synonymous with Nintendo. That's and right. And the characters in this... You played Kingdom Hearts, right? Somebody yeah. might need to correct me on this. <laughs> but I think the characters are from Final Fantasy VII in it. They're from yeah. all Final Fantasy. Yeah, oh, they, they are. are okay, okay, okay. Fin- sorry. Yeah. But it started out with seven, like those ones. Like, there's not. Well, my point, my ultimate point is, are there characters from like four and you know six really? in it?
2: What? Um, I think it's all, all three D. ones. They're yeah. all from the PlayStation. Yeah, they're all Final from the Fantasy, Fantasy
1: games. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So that was like a double, like you know, like whammy when. Um, Final Fantasy switched to PlayStation. It was always on PlayStation. Right. And then Kingdom Hearts used those characters and stayed on PlayStation. Like
1: that was always so so uh, so hard on well, early play, Nintendo RPG like, fans. PlayStation yeah. is what so. took Final Fantasy from being this sort of niche game. Like obviously, six or or three was a big hit critically. Um, but it wasn't until seven that like final fantasy really got put on the map to a huge Western mm-hmm. audience. So it kind of makes sense that kingdom hearts would only have those characters. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're skipping all it's those Nintendo characters too. Right. Yeah.
2: And I'm a lot of a uh, series, I guess maybe not a ton, but I mean, monster hunter went from PlayStation over to strictly Nintendo. Mm-hmm. True. And now so it's a uh,
3: PSP to
2: PS two the PS2, PS2, the okay. gotcha. and I actually got a PS three anticipating the next big monster hunter to be on it. Mm. And uh, that didn't happen. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. That was, that, that was a huge deal. Yeah. So that's the cool thing is, I mean, with a lot of Square Enix stuff specifically, um, there has been strong support for Nintendo platforms over the last, you know, what probably post, let's say post super Nintendo, obviously not the N64. They didn't go near it, but there was a few weird things on the GameCube, like they Crystal came Chronicles on and, GameCube. Crystal. Yeah. Chronicles. And we saw some stuff on Wii, not so much Wii U, but, uh, and then of course a lot of the stuff on their handhelds, which they've been just quietly porting stuff along. And then we, mm-hmm. We did get that Secret of Mana collection in Japan. It's not coming to America, right but I think Square Enix sad. support is on, yeah, totally sucks. <laughs> like people why? Were like, people were asking me about that, and they're like, "Should I imp- should I get that?" Because it's really easy to download games from the Japanese store, yeah. but not if you can't read Japanese. So uh, that's a tough yeah. one. They didn't they didn't translate a bunch of the games in there. Um, so I do think that Square Enix support is coming for the Nintendo Switch. Well, it's, um, I mean,
1: you've it's already seen it with stuff like Setsuna. Yeah, uh, Tokyo RPG Factory is bringing out yeah. a bunch of stuff for Switch. So, yeah, yeah, the sequel to Setsuna, right? Or oh, whatever, the, whatever. Yeah, the, the next their game next from there. Yeah, from that company. Yeah. All cool. right,
3: moving on. Uh, Pokemon Company challenged a Minecraft mod this week. The only reason I bring that up is that uh, we. Every time we post something about like a cool fan made thing, like there's a chance that Nintendo comes down on that thing, and it happens from time to time. And uh, it happened with this. It's kind of sad, uh, but this was like kind of an egregious, uh, you know, infringement of property rights. I mean, it was basically an open world, 3D Pokemon game, right? And of course, people flipped for that because that's the thing we all want. Yeah. Maybe we're getting it that. It looks right? super it's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks super cool. Yep, but it was shut down, and uh, that is that. I don't know if anybody here got a chance to play that. I, I never uh, tested out get, new Minecraft. I didn't
2: phones. play it. I've yeah. watched like a ton of videos of it, and yeah. like the Pokemon actually looked really good. Yeah, like they were not Minecraft graphics; they were straight 3D. Good looking Pokemon.
1: It, it looked to me like um uh, what was that that PSP game that was published by From? Uh, 3D. 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 Game 3D game heroes. Right. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's an awesome yeah. art style. Um,
0: I I hope this is sort of like the um. Metroid 2 remake where they shut it down so they could be like we're making our own. Yeah. I mean that's well, exactly mean, what happened. I mean they are they making their own. Yeah. yeah.
1: The Switch for the Switch full the Switch blown Pokemon or, or RPG. Pokemon but.
0: Minecraft though. Like they did a
1: Nintendo
3: Minecraft pack. Would there be a Pokemon Minecraft pack that this would be competing
2: with?
1: I
0: think that would do huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And it'd be it'd be a great holdover while people wait for the console RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I
2: would I would get Minecraft for the Switch if they
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's um it's it's really cool the way it works too cuz you can uh you can download all the texture packs on the, on, on the Minecraft switch version. And you can do this in all the versions, but the Nintendo one specifically is really awesome. I've been messing with it. I, I just one day like built an entire like city and then flipped over to the Nintendo mod and went back in and I'm like, oh, my house is like much happier now. Yeah. <laughs> <Like Aww. everything, laughs> um, so you can go and test out different skin packs and then it doesn't let you save until you decide to buy it. And they're like a couple bucks each. Yeah. So I think that'd be huge. Um, I, I'd, I'd see them doing a lot of numbers on that if they just gave that. That game, another nudge with a yep. Pokemon skin pack.
1: True story. I've never played Minecraft. Not Wait, one. Ever? Really? Not, not at all. Never oh, played man. it. Me neither. We should yeah. get into it. Eh. I feel like I missed the boat at this point. No, I mean, the boat's over so
0: there. Nintendo pack. Nintendo pack looks cool. Ironically, boats are, like, really hard to control in that game. <laughs> well, they are.
2: I mean, you can get it on your phone and then just, like, connect with anyone who also yep. has it. Uh-huh. And you can just jump into the world and just okay. leave it
0: all right there. I actually really cool. love it on like Switch. I don't need you guys yeah. to sell it's, me on Minecraft. Right. I'm sure it's great. It's Lots a hit game and kids everywhere enjoy it.
3: <laughs> Fair on enough. The, uh, <laughs> on, on just the kind of the sad litigation note, you know, I understand why these things happen. But uh, it, it, I do see people put in so much effort to developing these fan games. And uh, I hate to say it, but maybe it's time to just pick a subject that's
1: not going to see you. And like, yeah, just, I mean, I you know, can't suppose. imagine what it must be like, like the, the team behind A two to spend that much time remaking something so gorgeous and yeah. something that moves so fluidly and felt so perfect and then just to have it squashed immediately like well, it got metroid out there thing, and then maybe
3: just like, make a metroid game that's like metroid yeah and then well, we well have i was gonna a, say like right like, you can sell and we'd all
0: play yeah. it we've we've we here at IGN we've interviewed developer developers who've who've said specifically like i started out making like fan mods mm. and and like i mean there are people that that made like team fortress mods that then move on to work for the company and yeah. same for bethesda and stuff like sure. that so i think there's like it's a good place to start. It breaks all our hearts when these things go away for legal reasons, but yeah. um, it also teaches you the fundamentals of game design. I mean,
1: a lot yeah. of artists start out by copying yeah, and then make quit. their own
0: thing. Right? Yeah, don't
1: but, quit. Yeah. right? Look at something like Axiom Verge, right? Like Axiom Verge, that exactly. game just is Metroid, yeah. Yeah. but it's great. Yep. And it's something that, that guy, he, he wanted to make a Metroid game, so he just went out and built it and then Palette swapped it. Maybe. Yeah, you know, no, and totally. that's not to take away from it. There are it does do different stuff. Of course, but, but everybody had, that played that game was like, "It's great. It feels like an 8-bit Metroid game."
0: And if he had called it like you know Super Metroid Remake or something, yeah. wouldn't
1: got it would have gotten shot down. It's a really so, generic yeah. title, Brian. I'm it's sorry. a really bad title. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you really, you really. Uh, one hit other last on point there. <laughs> this
3: is that it occurred to me while we were talking about it that this is kind of the equivalent of uh, a cover band. And, like, when you first start playing music, it's really easy to play somebody else's songs and play things that, like, uh, well, let me just use the Rolling Stones as an example. They covered all these blues songs. They covered Chuck Berry. They covered all this stuff. Yeah. And then they wrote their own songs and started mixing them in. And then, like, the songs we really care about from that era, you know, Satisfaction, stuff like that, those are their own songs. And those were what really took off. So I think there's, like, something to well, be really said. It's really easy about. to cut your
1: teeth on yeah. somebody else's work. Like, like learn yeah. it.
3: And then it's really fun when you take something in songwriting and you're like, I want to, you know, kind of like, sound. Like that, but do my own thing. That what do you out? Some
0: well.
1: kind of musician or something?
0: <laughs> Never. I think it gets trickier with video games because uh, these cover songs constantly get shut down by the original musicians, which you don't see so much anywhere else because I think there's not even like a monetization aspect to this. A lot of these people are making fan games. They're not selling them, not trying to make money. They're just servicing a need that's missing in the universe. Like people wanted to play, you know, Metroid two in full color and totally remade and somebody made it. And then Nintendo's like, no, we're shutting it down. So it's interesting.
2: Nintendo shuts down a lot of things. Like there's always a Pokemon fan party at PAX East and it was always the day before and it was just Pokemon themed. And Nintendo sent them a, a cease and
3: desist. Oof. Yeah, oh, why? bummer! That's yeah,
2: so it's up. just a it's just a Pokemon themed party. Because as I mean, soon as to, it's yeah. in print
3: and yeah. alongside
0: Pax East and yeah. shown everywhere, it's like, yep. hey, like yeah, we could be doing a Pokemon party, so right. you can't. that's yeah. true. Because I guess if something bad happens there or something, then, right. then they're they're liable. It's not for official. It. But like, hmm. what if like you go to Party City and you bunch of, buy a bunch of Pokemon stuff, you throw a Pokemon party at your house? Are they shutting that one down?
1: To send the Pokemon police over there.
2: If I, think, I think it's the fact if it's advertised or not. Yep. The reason they shut it down is because they advertised it.
1: Right. Yeah. So there's monetization what, What's the Pokemon police
2: it? officer named? Officer Jenny.
3: Okay. Yeah. What's yeah. the nurse then? Nurse Joy. Nurse Joy. Joy. Okay. I always yeah. say Nurse Jenny. Okay. Nope. Good to clear that up. Glad we got got (laughs) to the bottom of that. (laughs)
1: Uh,
3: All right. uh, A couple other quick news tidbits. Uh, Splatoon 2 just got a score attached to it. Our very own Brendan Graber. It's a review in progress. So if that game uh, launches and then uh, doesn't have a good um, server experience, then we might take that score down a little bit. Or if it's a great server experience, we might stick with that score. Uh, It's uh, 8.3. Which, on
1: our scale... Is great. Yes. Yeah. Also, I believe
0: the original launched at a. We gave it a seven when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And that score, I think it was one of the first. Re-reviews, re-reviews we did or yeah. reviews re- we revisited. That's so much was about added. About. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. It was like
1: Destiny, like stuff that, that yeah. got significant expansions and saw significant upgrades throughout the course of the time that people were playing it. Yep. Um, obviously, the Splatoon fan base stuck with Splatoon just as hard as a lot of the Destiny players did with Destiny and so Nintendo and Bungie rewarded that with, you know, here's new maps, yep. here's new weapons, yep. and that changes the way that you play a game, changes how you feel about a game. So it totally makes sense to go back and re-review something like that. Yeah,
0: I think this one's going to uh, grow over the next year
1: or two. Oh yeah, I mean cool. especially with the amount of support they've already promised yeah. for it. I think it's going to we're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff.
3: So. Yep. so I want to talk about that review more possibly with the reviewer, Brendan Graber, next week uh, and Splatoon will be out that week too which is cool. Uh, and then Casey you have an update on something called Splatfest.
2: Yeah, so What's the
3: Splatfest <laughs> <laughs> scoop?
2: Okay, so Splatfest is just a, um, it's an online event that Splatoon do, does sometimes, and it has to do with the two hosts. Mm-hmm. So in Splatoon 1, we had Callie and Marie, and they would say, uh, my favorite music is pop. And Marie would say, my favorite music is rock. And then you would fight for the team mm-hmm. that you want. and at okay. at the Callie, end of the Marie,
3: event, Calamari. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. <laughs> and so what does at, Pro
0: Marina mean? Uh, it's I a, don't a real mission. Wanna get
2: into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what that means.
0: At Nobody all. knows. Let us know if you know. <laughs> if you have the information. Break it out.
2: Um, so and at the end of the event, they say who wins. And this last Splatfest, it was the first Splatfest for Splatoon 2. Marina says my favorite is ice cream, and Pearl, her favorite was cake. So cake versus ice cream. And the small problem that I saw with here is that Marina is considerably more popular than Pearl. Mm-hmm. Like a ton like as soon as they announced the two new hosts everyone was like marina 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 and like a meme was even going around saying it's not cake versus ice cream it's cake versus marina so right, are you right. gonna fight for cake or are you gonna fight for marina obviously the best girl i don't bl- i don't agree with that entirely but same i was feeling very <laughs> conflicted
1: about this particular splat fest because while i love ice cream of the two hosts my favorite is pearl so also, I didn't play the Splatfest, so oh. <laughs> I got nothing I, to say um, about that.
2: I fought for cake and I made one of my friends divert to team cake to mm-hmm. fight with me. And then we realized we can't team up unless we had a full team of four. Um. So that was really disappointing and sad. Yeah. See, but um, The
0: weird thing, I mean, to me, like regardless of host, the ice cream is just a more versatile day-to-day thing. It's the kind of thing you can have after a little meal. I feel, feel like cake is like gets a special everywhere. thing. <laughs> what? How do you eat
3: ice you, cream? You just over there. I don't. No, 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 no. I hate it. I hate how it gets everywhere. Okay. There's somebody ice cream around me. It's like it's on the car windshield suddenly. Scoot. What? You heard like it here first. Sam down doesn't, down doesn't know how
1: to eat ice cream. You got to You got to get it. a bowl. Do you and live a with spoon? goats? <laughs> like what is that? Um, but, um, anyway, I cake eat is better. With a
0: spoon. <laughs>
2: cake is better, but 76% of players chose ice cream, which was Team Marina. Yeah, which I think is it's because
0: like, ice cream is better. That's such an unfair... No, advantage. I think
2: it's because it was Marina. Ice cream is obviously not better, even though it is now legally better in Splatoon 2. What about That's an true. ice
1: cream cake? Can we settle <laughs> that? We can, we can totally settle on It's California state law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The ice cream is better. I like that you felt um, it legally better.
2: No, that's what they said in the game. Like, that's this, awesome. This, like it finished and Marina is like, well, ice cream's legally better according to the law now. Yep. yep. So we're obviously, right. we're going to see a lot, see.
0: we're going to see a lot more stuff like that's this. Maritime right? law. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to see weird, law. weird yeah. debates like this for the next year or two. Yeah. Um, I
1: love that about the Splatfest. It takes yeah. two of our, yeah. f-
0: like peanut butter and chocolate. And they're just, oh gonna, actually that's going to look disgusting. Don't do chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Please don't.
3: All right. <laughs> uh, one other final news tidbit. Uh, by the time this episode airs we will have a special Pokemon announcement uh, that was based on this weird trailer so this won't be interesting for anybody for us to discuss it but we're gonna give chance a chance to Casey to guess it
2: um, what's it gonna
3: be <laughs> one ge- one guess
2: uh, it's gonna be a subsite of um, the Japanese Pokemon fan club that's about, very
3: specific and very strange
2: about new about lore on Pokemon that are not from this world.
3: Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You You,
1: really drilled down on that
3: one. If you're right, we'll all know. And then maybe uh, on the next episode you're on, we can uh, verify that you're... uh, guest was
1: active. Can, I, can I, right. I just make a disclaimer? The reason that I didn't participate in Splatfest because I am playing the hell out of Splatoon 2 and I'm really loving it. Um, we have the retail copies and Splatfest was a separate demo. So by the time Splatfest launched my character was already at like level 6 or something and I just didn't see outside of participating in the battle for ice cream supremacy. Um, I just didn't see the point in I understand. playing a you character did, that's in well, um, You
0: didn't want to mingle with the common folk from your the ivory tower.
1: Okay. <laughs> the, so the Splatoon that's not what I meant.
2: <laughs> well the Spl- Flatfest, none of that is going to transfer over to the full game anyway. Right? It's yeah. completely separate.
1: I need to get to ranked battle. And to yeah. do that, you got to get to level 10. And so I can't just spend my time just playing all nimbly bimbly on <laughs> turf Wars when <laughs> I could be building up experience points and getting to level 10. Right now I'm at 7. I'm getting very close. Do so you think
0: they're going to take that away from you when the game launches? I hope not. I really hope not too. That's
1: what turned me off of the first game. I, I played know. a bunch oh, of Splatoon man. in, I guess, beta, and then my file got nuked. Um, so I hope that that's not the case that's... this time. Yeah.
3: Alright. So Enough Sam, Splatoon damn,
1: talk. No, never. Just enough. No, it was just enough. You guys did a good job. Sam told me today before we got in here that we weren't going to talk about Splatoon at all. We did two heavy Splatoon episodes. This is so
3: rude. And now we're going to do a heavy
1: Metopia That's episode. Sam Samuel <laughs> underscore IGN. Sorry.
3: I really like Splatoon, you guys.
1: <laughs>
0: slide that in there. That's
3: good. Uh, I don't like cake or ice cream, so.
0: Yeah, because you don't understand spoons or forks. Of- <laughs> I don't understand the concept of them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just think
0: they're. He's more of a savory He's dude. More civilized yeah, age. Like pizza. Got it. Yeah. Uh,
3: all right. What <laughs> I love pizza. Yeah. Like, I love it.
0: What would be a, a heated Splatfest debate for you? Pizza versus what? Nachos. Really? Yeah. Pizza versus nachos? Yeah. Okay. I think that's the only contender. Okay, you part- named it. That's an incredibly messy nachos. food. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like it's way of, messier than ice does cream. Does that get on the car, too? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so what All kind right. of nachos? Though? I don't think I've
0: ever had nachos on a car. In what, a car What kind on? of
2: nachos? What does that even mean? Like, are you, like there, are you going like fancy nachos? Just like microwave cheese gas uh. station nachos? Like... <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's the real uh, that's the real test, right? Because pizza comes in the same varieties.
2: What's this? Say, pizza Ray?
3: rolls. That,
2: what is that? What's it's that
3: is, all it's about? That's <laughs> our next
0: next topic: it's pizza versus nachos. Three minute yeah? nacho <laughs> rant. Oh, I forgot to introduce it. IGM presents the top five nachos. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, uh, text me personally at my personal phone number if you like pizza or nachos. At uh, all right, uh, Metopia. Yeah, you're playing it. It's coming out July 28th. Mm-hmm. You kind of took the bullet for us. We don't have time to play this game because there's also <laughs> so much other Nintendo stuff to play, including Splatoon, Pikmin. Yeah. So I, I gave you a copy and said, mm-hmm. Casey, play this so you can talk about it at MVC. Okay. Yes. What do we got? What um. Is
2: so I actually am enjoying it a little bit more than I thought I would. It's it's like a um, Tom Life RPG.
1: Yeah. So
2: it's you've got mies and it's a traditional rpg with some really strange elements as you would expect from a me game
3: yeah so it's a um, top down like old school dragon warrior style so walk around insta- and talk to people so in you village.
2: actually don't walk around an open world they just like got rid of that portion of the rpg i think to make it like easier to play for people who aren't familiar with rpgs so instead of actually walking from place to place you just see a side scroll of your characters walking and then random battles will happen in between, So you have like an overworld map kind of like Mario where like there's different like hubs and you say I want to go here and then you have to watch that montage of you guys walking and they have like silly conversations and that's why I was falling asleep last night tons of dialogue because it's not a ton. It's wait, wait, you like- need
3: to have context for that. That was before we started the show. <laughs>
2: Um, you fell asleep I,
3: during during. I was playing Metip-
2: Metopia last night, and it was kind of late, and Metopia
0: is the sequel title. Metopia,
2: <laughs> yeah. and I kept falling asleep
0: Three-topia. because of those. Coming up um,
2: there are those it. montages <laughs> where they're just walking, and you're not, literally not doing anything. You're just waiting for something to happen, and they're not that long. They're like That's ten so seconds. Mean. But I'm like sleepy, so like ten seconds is like perfectly good amount of time yeah. for me to fall asleep. Sure,
1: you fall asleep in ten seconds. <laughs> when it's
2: late at night, and I'm tired. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And um and when I'm doing literally nothing, um so All that right, can right,
1: but that's not a knock
3: against
0: the game necessarily.
2: Yeah, and I mean it could definitely. I think it's better for people who don't like grinding.
0: Uh, Interesting, because I'm yeah. I'm always looking for like I love RPGs in theory, but mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that it's like an eighty-hour time sink. Yeah. So this is appealing to me. I actually liked yeah. a lot of the sort of more RPG style mini games on. Your 3DS, like, like find me, yeah, like stuff like that is really yeah. cool because there's like there's you know uh, the core ideas of what it's like to play an RPG, mm-hmm. um, but then none of the bloat I would yeah. say the yeah. bloat that people. So like, is there though. Street Pass in this?
2: Um, I don't know. I didn't have anyone to Street Pass with guys.
0: Oh, that's the, so Yeah, yeah we know, all put our 3DSs away. Really They're weird. all out this week though. Yeah,
2: but um, you can connect to a bunch of different uh, servers. Surf- but you can use your own Mis, you can mm-hmm. make your own Miis, you can pick from a list of like most popular Miis to basically populate your world with, which can have really scary and very strange results. I don't know if you guys <laughs> like wanna look at this, but for example, like there's a character called a Great Sage, and I made my Great Sage Magikarp because I thought it'd be hilarious.
1: Oh, he looks like Admiral Ackbar, I can vouch it. for this. It looks like Magikarp. It's, yeah. It's you can Magikarp. hold it up to the camera. Yeah, probably not. Close up. It, yeah, that's yeah, not there. gonna
3: work uh, over there. Uh, no, Good. no I'm yeah, see that's this. close enough. But I, um,
2: it. I had no idea what kind of characterization this character was going to have until mm. after I assigned the me to it. Right, and my me's are like, Sage Magikarp is so dreamy. Did you see what he did last night? It mm. was amazing. And Very it's like, oh man, like I had no idea he was gonna be like.
1: The love interest, yeah, the hot
2: love interest that's mysterious and strong. I thought everybody wanted to do sex on that
1: fish from uh, Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. True. It's a weird sentence, Uh, but it's very true. (laughs) So, and you can also have like podcast.
2: (laughs) You can also have
1: it was
2: (laughs) very strange things happen. Like some, like my in the first town you go to, there's a lovey-dovey couple, and it's Grumpy Cat and
1: some
3: girl, like licensed.
2: No, if like someone made Somebody a grumpy cat them. me, oh, yeah. and now right. it's in my town.
0: Ah, uh, okay. so. so is it you is, are being served Wi Fi based? That's yeah. What you were saying. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's populated so you, you by you the mees. Yeah. But you have in your system and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool.
2: Yeah, oh, or or Wi Fi or like Meverse. Um, yeah. Or like you can just connect Wi Fi and just like does it, it
0: does it feel odd to be playing a game centered around mees in 2017? It's like a full boxed retail game. <laughs> yes,
2: it kind of does. I. Wish they had come out with this like a really long time ago. Yeah, like,
3: same way about like
2: Pikmin, uh Hey Pikmin. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like this game should have come out with like when the 3ds first first launched. came out. Yeah, like maybe like a year within it's like, oh, do you like find me? Get this like really awesome expanded version, mm-hmm, and sure. you can have a full party of four, and they have really interesting classes, and you can get the basic ones like mage, warrior, cleric, and thief, but then you also have like pop star. Chef and cat. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. so it's like a so, full
1: blown RPG, yeah, whereas Tamodachi Life was closer to like a an action RPG. Yeah. And I, I love Tamodachi Life. Me so too. the idea that this is like more so of an of a traditional RPG mm-hmm. I'm really into that idea. I think that's really funny. And I I love the kind of absurdist humor that comes along with this random pull of Mm -hmm. characters into your game. Mm -hmm. Like when I when I talk the first I heard about this game, uh, our dear friend Jose Otero had seen it at a preview event some months ago. And he was talking about how in their pool, because it was limited to the preview event itself, Mm -hmm. one of his party members was Reggie. And so Reggie was like a quest giver in in his game, just like totally randomly. And it was super funny the way that they had dialogue written for a character that just was Reggie. Yeah. And like, I love that idea that you can just randomly pull in whoever, whatever, anybody has the imagination to create. And now that character is just in your party or is just a town's member that you'll bump into. I Mm -hmm. think that's really funny.
2: You can shoot. So the main bad guy is the dark Lord. Right. And his whole thing is that he steals everyone's faces. And it's actually really terrifying if you sure. think about it. It comes by, it steals faces, and then puts them on monsters. Uh-huh. And you can choose which me is the Dark Lord. Okay. So that could get kind of fun. Like, you can have your supreme villain be whoever you want.
0: Yeah. So do you recommend this game as for 3DS owners? For I mean, is this, like, enough to keep I, you from your Switch? Like, I, we're seeing some very interesting swan songs uh, as this system sort uh, of rounds out.
2: Um, I actually was talking to Lily earlier and she asked me, was like, Oh, is this available on switch? Cause I play it on switch, but it's not, it's just a 3ds yeah. game. Right. But um, I, I feel like I haven't played enough to know if I'm going to get bored or not. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> definitely having fun with it within the first like five hours uh-huh. and I'm liking it. And it's a lot more interesting than I thought it was. And there are a lot of like fun randomizing things that keep it interesting. Like you can't just go to a shop and buy Things that you think are better, you look at your me in the inn and there's like a little bubble above their head and they're like, oh, I really wanna buy a new sword. And then you give them money and sometimes they don't, they might not come back with that sword. They what? might see something else that catches their eye oh, and like five cool. bananas or something. That's instead. really funny. It's <laughs> very yeah. so you.
1: And, uh, yeah. Because I like swords. Yeah. Because yeah, Well, also so you have like a million bananas at your desk every day.
0: <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like this is a full boxed retail game, mm-hmm. full retail price. Yeah. I mean, is this going to sort of like scratch that itch over just playing find me and the rest? Because yes. I have all of those mini, mini games. It's on my definitely,
2: games. it's definitely way better than any of those. And I think more is a full game experience. It is a full RPG. It's really funny. And I'm like, especially enjoying it because I made all of my me party members um, friends from back home. Yeah. So I get to like, and you can assign them personalities that affects how they battle.
0: Oh, you, so went, you went to high school with Magikarp too?
2: I did. <laughs> he was wonderful. No, he failed like really bad. Yeah. it's well, not. It's he not never, he never uh,
3: evolved. Our, our war correspondent in the land of Metopia. I appreciate <laughs> I think that's a, you taking that assignment.
1: I also think that's like a really funny catch up call when you call your friends from back home and you're like, oh, you're the dark Lord and you're <laughs> stealing all those faces. <laughs> I don't know what that's about.
3: All right. Uh, let's check in with the Pikmin.
1: Hey, Pikmin. Well <laughs> uh, That was good. Zach. That was real good. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Uh, so, Hey, Pikmin, you guys, did three of us play it, or did you play two?
1: I
2: played the demo, but not okay. the full cool. game.
3: Cool. Great. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about it. Uh, Zach, you have a strong opinion on this game. What's going on with Hey, Pikmin? Oh, man. And we can only talk um, about the first five oh, worlds. Um, okay. I don't
2: speaking, think anybody got speaking past Speaking of those. demos, to backtrack, you can actually get the demo for Metopia now. It's called Casting
0: Call. Good That's right. Yeah, there's yeah. Metopia and, and Hey, Pikmin demos hey on, on the three mm-hmm. desk right now, which is really
1: cool. Um, yeah, so last week we were talking about Pikmin because we kind of teased that we'd be talking about, hey, Pikmin, on this episode, yep. and I made the mistake of saying that I've never played Pikmin 3, which upset a lot of people. I'm sorry, I'll play it. Um, it's more Pikmin. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but I love Pikmin 1 and 2, the original Pikmin in the sequel. Um, this, to me, does not feel like a Pikmin game. Uh, to me, it's like Diet Pikmin, Pikmin Lite, if you will. Yeah. Um in the way that your objectives are sort of similar, but it strips out a lot of like the real-time strategy stuff.
3: Entirely. Um, There's no real-time strategy.
1: Yeah, there is no... Like you're mostly just carting you around one Pikmin group. and... Yes. Yeah, you have one group. Um, you can swap between them on the fly and like do the separate things that like you're the types like... types you mean. M- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those kinds of things that you're accustomed to do in a Pikmin game, but it just feels like sort of limited. Granted, I'm only halfway through the second world. You're a little further in the game than I am. I'm pretty far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: but, but it stays with that pattern. You explore yeah. and you fight, right? And that's it. So yes. you're not doing the thing where your Pikmin are digging a hole somewhere, and some other ones are like bringing flower petals back, and then you're focusing on a big battle,
0: right? Like, Which I is think totally is
3: really great in Pikmin. I, I love th- that. Yeah. I you think one of one of the, one of the core
0: tenets of Pikmin was multitasking, right? Yes. And that is that is gone here. Yeah. Um,
1: the the closest thing that that it has to that is is Pikmin Park. Um, you which can just is kind of set that and look, yeah, and is set it and forget it. But basically, like you, as you collect Pikmin, you can send them to the Pikmin Park, and they will different types of Pikmin will do different sorts of activities in the park. So it's kind of that same idea, except sort of dumbed down again, right? So like if you have a bunch of yellow Pikmin, you can send them to an area where electricity is running high, and they can deplete that electricity or farm. It. Yeah, they they mine in that area, whereas Red Pikmin can do but other not activities. Real time. This is No, this is happening in the background. There, and
3: then you just go play levels. And yeah, and then... They, yeah. they give you like 30 gold um, at some point, basically.
1: I... I there's... Things and about it, it that I enjoy, like I think that yeah. that the multiple routes through the levels are really clever. Like it definitely inspires you to go back and play through levels again to find some of the. There's three hidden treasures in each level, um, and and a little bit
3: later on you start losing Pikmin more. Okay, and you're like, oh, I want to play this level without losing any Pikmin. So yeah, that's another added challenge.
1: Um, so I, I think that the the actual maps themselves of each level are are pretty interesting and really well thought out. Um, I. I think the music is really good. I yeah. really like the so music. So that's what a I was lot. gonna say. I yeah. think
3: my pros list is limited to the things I like about Pikmin, which yeah. is it's charming. Yeah, and the Pikmin are. Adorable and really funny, mm-hmm. and they, there's little cutscenes like Donkey Kong style like cutscenes yeah. every once in a while, or kind of like Metopia, where you just watch for five or six seconds of these, you know, Pikmin tumbling over each other, or getting crushed or whatever. Oh and, no. then, uh, and then, uh, you know, Alamar and everything. It, it, it looks like a Pikmin game. It sounds like a Pikmin game. I love the yeah. music and the sounds of Pikmin. They make that that it makes me really nostalgic now. You know, like hearing them like wail and scream and stuff like that. Now right. when they're dying. When they're just missing you or whatever, and you get your whistle. So it has all that. It feels like that. That that shell of a Pikmin game is there, but yeah, it has all these like kind of gameplay elements that are missing a bit. And then also, I think it's a little bit. Um, Pikmin has been photo real for each system yes. it's been on. Yeah, yeah. this is missing that. If you, yeah, it's, especially, that. it's especially it's yeah. especially
1: a bummer. Like this game you're saying is coming out so late in the 3DS lifecycle, and you look at a game like Ever Oasis, which is gorgeous mm-hmm. for the 3DS. I mean, not to knock the 3DS, like it that is an amazing looking game on the 3DS. Yeah. And Pikmin just doesn't look very good. No, like it's it not, completely it's, lacks textures.
0: I think that's yeah. what it is. It's um for, first of all, it's entirely 2D, which I think the 3D would have helped a little bit here just yeah, to pop it I agree. out a more. Yeah. Um,
3: like well, to to clarify, on the new 2DS XL, you it doesn't matter that it's missing 3D because yeah. you can't even turn on 3D. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like that's, I have I that exactly. Really I
2: immediately try to do yeah. that, Right with with Pikmin on the, in the demo and it didn't mm-hmm. work. It mm-hmm. does work for Metopia. Metopia.
1: Okay, Not you just can't right. get the name of that game I- right. That's all right. Who um,
2: ever says metopia in their daily life? Like Sam
1: says it all the time. I signed it to you. <laughs>
0: so um, I'll, I guess I'll just real quick. I I really like. Uh, I feel like the controls are pretty precise. Um, yeah, that's true. I like. I, I think. It, I, like you guys said, the music is very charming. The characterization's great. Like they're Pikmin, and they're on a handheld, and there's something cool about that. But it is missing that photorealism. It is missing multitasking. It is missing that day night cycle thing that I love about Pikmin games. It sort of oh, adds yeah, day a, night. I yeah, forgot about that. Adds a weird level of stress to it. But, and the art is just it just feels very sort of like flat and sort of like muddled mm-hmm. like the background elements are not very good looking the level design is like it's interesting but it's not pretty to look at like I I, I look at even even something like the new Super Mario Brothers games are you know they're 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 not you know' revolutionizing graphics on a handheld or anything like that. But there's something consistently clean and poppy and fun about them. And here the graphics just sort of get muddled a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of grungy looking textures. Um And I think that it's not the most ideal way to play a game like this is to hold it up with one so hand. like Kid Icarus, yeah. you
3: have to hold one hand on one side. Thumbstick. And, the and, and it yeah. has to be the style. Luckily, there's um, no,
0: there's not so much like trigger stuff in this, yeah. but yeah. barely
1: um, any you can also you can also control left and right with um y and a uh, i think could, that's
2: more so if you're uh, left
1: yeah totally um so it gives you some options like it's yeah. it doesn't force you to but play it definitely got way, heavy but.
3: for me i have the i think this is the lightest uh, 3ds out 2ds xl mm-hmm. now and uh, it just it, yeah, it got burdensome for yep. sure. I did. Like, mm-hmm. I set it on my cat to play mm-hmm. it a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, that said, there's some cool stuff. Rocket? Like I think that, um like Rocket. going through the levels and finding uh like weird trinkets and seeing their bizarre space names because these people don't know. I how love to name that. Them. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's part. my favorite part, like, part of it. Yeah. Like they, they'll call, they'll just call things the complete wrong thing, which yeah. I think is adorable. There's and a Mario like,
3: Kart in it, and it's called like. Uh, endless suffering or something like yeah. that. There's a chess piece like a joke that's called dying Obtuse
0: Statue. Yeah. So I I, I really like that. Um, again, it's a weird decision to see this so late in the 3DS's life cycle. I think that, I, I hate to like port beg here, but I think that something like this would have been much prettier on the Switch. Um, I don't know if you would not been able to do touch controls or anything like that, but we have wanted a... Three, uh, we've wanted a touchscreen Pikmin game since the moment we played the first Pikmin. I know Absolutely. I Absolutely, yeah. And well, I think when we, we in Pikmin 3, a
1: touchscreen Pikmin game?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean like in, in handheld form. Oh, I see what so you're So I, I, th- I think like what I always envisioned for that was sort of a top-down three-fourth strategy style game where you could flick the Pikmin all over the place. And this instead, you have this sort of uh, meticulously slow... Not really platforming, like sort of platforming strategy game where you're flinging Pikmin in different directions, kind of hoping for the best sometimes mm-hmm. and doing minor puzzle solving. Um, if the game gets a lot crazier t- towards a halfway mark, I haven't found that yet. I know that like it a- doesn't.
2: Yeah, does it get harder. Oh, interesting. The demo no, no, was I'm deep. really easy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. easy. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, first boss, it, it, as the I first boss. Like, you start like losing crazy
3: Pikmin, easy. like you can get cr- your Pikmin crushed by an enemy or something, but it's only in that slow, methodical, like exploring of a level. So mm-hmm. it's never like hectic. There are boss fights. But they really have tells that are easy. Yeah, it's, it, I, I wouldn't say even adding a challenge would make the game better. So, that's not, I wouldn't criticize yeah. it for being easy in the sense I think like the game is like has a little bit of a flaw in that it's like hard to ramp it up the, in the way they made it made this game. Right. You, you have to like, and, uh, this could have come out in DS. Like, that's my whole thing with it. Like, does, yeah, you could have gotten it back when you wanted it. Do
2: your Pikmin roll over like when you finish a level? Do you keep your Pikmin?
0: No.
3: They only go into your park. They go to your park. And then if you have Amiibo, you can scan the Amiibo in during a level and add Pikmin. That's the only way to add Pikmin in a level besides finding them. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the level, you're going to have 20. I think is the max that I've seen. Yeah. The there's a so couple of I mean, cool
0: little mechanics, too. Like, you know, there's, a little, the new Pikmin there's, there's a little, there's a little whistle button, here. obviously, um, which calls them over. And there's also like a little jetpack button, which loves, lets you fly into certain caves, which the Pikmin don't join you in. They become like a little more puzzly.
3: So it's not jump based platforming. Yeah. It's like slow, you know, like you can get to this area uh, hovering
1: platform. Yeah. The entire game
0: just feels sort of floaty, fluttery, Ooh. and very kind of slow.
1: Um, I was really hoping you'd come up with a third F there. <laughs> but I, I can't say it on this show. Yeah.
0: Um, buttery. No. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, like, I like, I like the idea of this game. I don't know if this is something that like I'll see through to the end.
1: See, that was w- my next question is like, yeah. I, I'm Sam asked that I play it to talk about it on NBC today. And uh, I, I mean, I would have played it anyway, but um, I, I don't think I'm going to stick with it. Like now that I'm, I'm two and a half worlds in and I kind of got a feel for it. Um, I don't really know. Like, yeah. I, I don't know that I'll see it through to the end, which is, out, out, barring Pikmin 3, which I just didn't play at all, like I yeah. played the hell out of the other two. Like, so, I'm not sure if
0: for me personally if that's more of a I've got bigger things to play on Switch mm-hmm. or if I'm over it already because I feel like there's still more to find and more to see. Yeah, like I do like collecting stuff in those games, but sure. um. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like it's the kind of game that if you're a diehard Pikmin fan, you're gonna be let down a little bit, but you might still find some stuff you like. If you're sort of just a casual Nintendo fan looking for another 3DS game, this is gonna be like a pretty solid one, but it doesn't really scratch that Pikmin itch the way I want it to. Yeah. Um, I would say wait for a price drop, grab it, yeah. grab it in a yeah. deal Yeah, and then somewhere. check
3: out our full review too. Again, this will probably be up by the time you guys uh, hear this episode, but it's out July 28th with the 2DS XL, so you'll even be playing this by then. Uh, Really quick, before we get to our big uh, history topic, uh, Casey, you reviewed the 2DS XL. Uh, everybody's read that review by now, I'm sure. It's a it's a solid great, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Eight um just, just 8. 8,
2: okay. Solid 8. Um, it definitely feels a lot lighter. It's much more comfortable to play. I basically played... I compared Monster Hunter specifically on versus the 3DS, the new 3DS XL and the new 2DS XL uh, because it's one of those more demanding games. Right. Like you have to be really fast with your input and you're going to be holding it for a long time while you're doing this and you have to be exact with your movements so or you're going to get murdered by a monster. Um, and the 2DS felt. Really good while playing this. Like I don't know, like even you said
3: the loading screens were contracted a little bit. They're just a little bit shorter.
2: Yeah, they're a little bit shorter, and I'm not sure if the processor is on the 2DS is actually better or if it's just a newer system than the one I was playing on. But it was really fast, and it, like like I said, faster than the 3DS, the new 3DS XL.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Um, and it felt great to play on. The ZL buttons are and the ZR buttons are much more intuitive to press. Um, it's it's lighter. Fun. Yeah, like those guys back there. It has a cover for the game card, so you're not going to accidentally push it out if you set it down for any reason, like, so you won't lose your game files. Did the- you find yourself
0: blocking the speakers at all on the front?
2: Yeah, so that was one of the, my main issues with the 2DS XL, is that the speakers are these tiny little slots on the bottom of the system, and, um, and so it... kind
3: of aim right into your chest while you play.
2: Yeah, it's really strange. Like, it's I couldn't really get it to face me while playing so it sounds kind of muddled and if you turn the volume all the way up it vibrates the system (laughs) vibrates it's kind too of odd
1: out, too much output for the speakers mm-hmm. or yeah it's just the cuz like, i guess are yeah. just
2: right
3: by your buttons or you're used to it being on the t- upper Yeah top. and yeah. facing you, just you while you're playing just a new field. right
2: yeah and instead they're down here on the corners like these little, little tiny little And i think the the,
3: yeah. the final point and again we're kind of rushing through this to make yeah. sure we can get through the whole Talk we episode. talked about it last week
2: but, um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt it, it felt good to play on um, the other thing is that they they use the cheaper LCD screens yes that the new 3DS XLs mostly use the better ones and those use the cheaper screens and you can kind of tell. And, you, and I
3: sat there quality. and watched side by side multiple yeah. things at Casey's desk. I mean, like one is just the two. The 3DS XL has better contrast yeah. period than mm-hmm. the 2DS XL. Yeah. And it's a 3D screen. I mean, it's a different yeah. screen entirely. It's not mm-hmm. like they're like, there's a good reason why these these look different. Yeah. They just have different
0: specs. I think yeah. what, like, what's tough about all this entire product line is that you can't, bounce between a bunch you have yeah. to pick one and all yeah. of your stuff lives in it yeah and then you can do a system transfer with all the pikmin carrying everything over but for the most part <laughs> like the worst like i have my 3ds xl and i love it yeah um and i looked at this one and i'm like oh i really like this system too like maybe i'll move stuff over and mm-hmm. like it's like no. Nah, yeah
2: i would like i'll hold out like, i would love to have two systems just to like because that one, I mean, it's it's cheaper, it's very portable. This one's special edition, and I, like, feel very uncomfortable taking it with me everywhere because I love it, and I'd be really sad if it got messed up. But that one, I mean, it's not special edition, it's very durable, and it's cheaper, so I'd like to be able to take that with me, but I'd lose the connectivity to my Nintendo ID if I do that.
1: Sure. Oh, right, So... Yeah. Course.
2: Cause there's, you can't have it logged on to multiple systems multiple. Nope. Yeah, yeah. You
1: gotta have, yeah. and then
2: if I do make a new Nintendo ID on that and then decide to transfer to that system later, I will lose that Nintendo ID yeah. entirely mm-hmm. and never be able to access it ever again.
0: Yeah, that, that <laughs> entire a web has uh, been tangled for a very long time with Nintendo. I like that they're moving in a better direction with Switch, although we still don't have cloud saves or anything like that. Um, yeah. in, a, in a perfect world, in the next few years, that'll all be taken care of. We've been asking for it for a long time.
1: Fingers crossed, Yeah. yeah.
3: Cool. All right, so, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Earlier this week, we got a cool email from a local arcade that made a custom Zelda arcade cabinet, and please check this out. It's super cool. Uh, It's like, you know, they made two of them. It has a gold sparkle case, um, custom art that looks like 80s Zelda art all over it, and then it plays The Legend of Zelda inside, which is, of course, a little bit absurd, right? But um, (laughs) what's cool about it is that it's the same design that Nintendo used for all of their Arcade cabinets until the '90s, basically, and you can see uh, one on this box here. And we're gonna have some images coming up shortly, but uh, when, when we get to that era. But uh, there's, there's this is kind of look of Nintendo's cabinets. We have one in the office, Donkey Kong Jr. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, that. That just kind of got me excited about. First of all, I love in the summer. There's all these arcade conventions. We go to one called California Extreme, right. which has like ten classic. Uh, Nintendo games alone and in addition to like hundreds of classic mm-hmm. arcade games. Try to go to these if you ever see them. If you're a Nintendo fan, like you can always see Nintendo history at an arcade convention. Yeah. And like, for those for those of you
0: listening of at home, the, the that classic sort of original line of Nintendo arcades, they have that weird kind of like rounded bevel yeah. on the outside, yeah. very stark bright colors. Donkey Kong has that light blue, Donkey Kong Jr has that orange. They're a full amusement machine. Yeah. yeah. So
3: we're going to we're going to look at some of those and talk about them. But I want to kind of t- wind this back and talk about a little bit of a history here. Uh, Nintendo as we all know was a hanafuda card company for you know 100 years and then uh, and they still are for 120 years plus but uh, in the 1970s they got into things beyond toys. And uh, those were uh, amusement areas and devices. And one of those first uh, forays into what we think of now as video games started in bowling alleys. Sure. Where uh, Nintendo bought bowling alleys and converted them to these light gun ranges. Have you guys ever been to like a gun range? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just shoot stuff? So Nintendo got into that business and they made light guns. Of course, we see that later in the zapper Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. The light guns became part of their thing. They made a little home zapper type thing early on too. But as part of that, they made a game, and I think this is their first slide here, uh, their first arcade machine were really these games called Wild, Wild Gunman, Gunman. Mm-hmm. and uh, the other one is called uh, Shooting Trainer. So as you can see in this image and please check this out on YouTube or on IGN.com because we have some cool images here of the original flyers. Uh, Wild Gunman which became an NES game later. Like yeah, Nintendo not a good NES game also. History, yeah. but, uh, and look, you can see Nintendo's old logo is still there. Uh, but it's basically a big panel with a gun on it and you shoot and you shoot probably stills. Oh no films. They're films. And then you when they flash it changes. And it's very electromechanical. It's not a video game.
1: Yeah, I also want to point out here that if you look closely on these images you'll note that we're using a VLC player to display these images. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, so that those are from uh, the early 70s, and it
3: wasn't until uh, their next game, which is their next slide, uh, Sheriff, which was a... Um,
0: so were th- these were their first arcade cabinets, effectively,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and there was a series of these. These were kind of amusement machines. They made... Um, uh, 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 I- I guess they made Pong clones like everybody made at the time. So Pong was the most popular game in the world, 1972. Everybody wanted to play Pong. Everybody made a Pong game. Nintendo made one at home called The Color TV 6, and they made a few others where you like plugged into your television and played Pong. Like, they got into that business. So they got into video games. But then they did this. So this is a game called Sheriff. Uh, and there's a couple of games from this era where they uh, made color games. I mean, that's a full-color game mm-hmm. from 1979. Uh, and Shigeru Miyamoto designed the characters in it.
0: Oh, interesting. So, so really is, cool. I think I played this one a couple of years ago at California extreme.
3: Yeah. Then there's a game called Cheyenne that's really similar in black and white. So this is kind of a, the color version of it, but that's a very early Nintendo game. That little cocktail cabinet that's like standing up mm-hmm. and yeah. it looks like a, like, I don't even know, like a looks building. Like a I've never seen one of those ever. I don't know if those, were, if those were even made, but the little cocktail machine on legs is those are around everywhere. Right. Um, so that's a really pretty game. You can see they already started making their games kind of covered in cartoon art, and you'll start seeing a, a, that being a, a kind of a theme as we move along. Uh, in the 1980, in nineteen eighty, they made a game called Space Firebird, which that's is uh, a really cool name. Such an awesome
0: name. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And
3: they made another game called, uh, well, we'll get to that, but Space Firebird is a Galaga clone. It's like it has the little birds come down, you shoot them. You guys have all played Galaga. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know that classic kind of Galaga look. It's in color. It looks nice. And, I like uh, that they
1: give you the uh the rundown of the enemy types here uh yeah. in the ad. Well, those are like Watch out for the Emperor. <laughs>
3: graphics. Like those are supposed to be really impressive at right. the time
1: because we're moving from Space Invaders in
3: black and white to a three-color uh game here, which is, you know, mind-blowing. Yep. Uh, But uh, Nintendo did not invent this type of game and this is a knockoff like the plain and simple like it's not everybody was doing this so it's not like a egregious thing but they didn't have an original. Well I mean Uh, it
1: kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier right like you got to cut your teeth somewhere like you got to try some things that that are built off of somebody else's idea right so like yeah. Stretching their old space firebird wings. Space firebird wings. <laughs> That's uh, fine.
3: So then uh, in 1979-ish, it's a little bit ambiguous when this game came out, uh, Nintendo was like, okay, what are we going to do to kind of top what we've been doing? Uh, let's, let, let's make like a more... Uh, a better twist on a game that's not just color it's not just flat so they made Radar Scope mm-hmm. now Radar Scope shipped and you a lot of people here in the Nintendo history might know this one uh, Radar Scope uh, shipped in a very familiar looking cabinet that was the first time they ever used that red uh, cabinet design on the Kong right Kong. you're seeing there it's a Donkey Kong cabinet yeah. and in fact they are Donkey Kong cabinets yeah. this game was a failure uh, but it does have a cool perspective and you can and you can see it in the game's logo or if you see a YouTube video it, it's kind of a 3D-ish isometric perspective where it, like take Space Invaders and and tilt it up towards your face. And you're kind of looking at like a plane into the distance. Right. I remember, that was pretty original for them. A game called Juno First had that too.
0: I remember reading that this game tanked so hard that one of uh, Nintendo's sort of cheap op- chief operations here in Redmond in America, in Ednaway, was to strip these games out, put in the new cards, repaint them, put on the decals of Donkey mm-hmm. Kong, basically take the old Radar Scope games rescan them as Donkey Kong, sent them out and they were killing it. Like the Donkey Kong games started just making tons of money for them. That's Whereas exactly these right. didn't.
3: They were conversions in the factory. So the space, uh, the, the, the radar scope did not take off. It was a little bit late for a Galaga type, type game. And if you think about Donkey Kong and by the time it came out in 1981, like that's a whole original type of game. It's a platformer. It's very totally. different than yeah. other games, but uh, a radar scope, um, as a red cabinet and they made a th- about a thousand of them and they recalled them. And then Donkey Kong, as you can see, even in this flyer, it looks the same. It's in the same contours and, and the blue cabinet there. But if you have a red Donkey Kong, <laughs> so the same exact they add-in. didn't repaint the space. They didn't repaint uh, the radar scope cabinets. So if you ever see a red Donkey Kong, it means it's one of those original runs. If you open up the back, it has four game boards in it instead of two. They, they're out there and they're really desirable for, for collectors and they're really cool to find because you can convert them back to a radar scope, right. which is going to be like the rarest thing ever, right? Because all of them were made
0: into do you Like For, for context, do you, this is the, one of the most insane things in the history of video games. It's like saying, like, hey, Mass Effect isn't selling. Bring yeah. all the game copies back. Paint a monkey on the box. Yeah, send exactly. it to every bar and, and laundromat in the country and cross your fingers. Yeah. And it
3: worked. Yeah, so let's talk about Donkey Kong for just a second. I know you all know what Donkey Kong is, but it was a huge hit. We don't technically and, uh, know
0: he, he's—I don't know if he's actually a monkey. He's legally yeah, a Donkey it's, Kong. It's
3: unclear, and there's a whole thing behind that name. <laughs> uh, that Donkey Kong cabinet, though, top to bottom art, yep. really cool stuff. Introduced the concept of Mario. It's very pretty. It has really cool cartoony stuff, but the cartoony stuff was also inspired uh, by Popeye. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make uh, they uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, especially who did the you know all the character design stuff, wanted to make a Popeye game.
1: They eventually did make a Popeye, game. and they made. Popeye yeah.
3: basically after the popularity of this, it, ma- it made it uh, possible to make Popeye. Right. And uh, that was an unintentional alliteration segment there. Uh, so Popeye came next and here's a, here's a picture of it for you guys uh, watching. But uh, Popeye, uh, Again, look at that cabinet. Yeah. It's just Donkey Kong. It's just a Donkey Kong cabinet. They stuck, stuck with it. And Donkey
1: Kong Jr. Uh, looked the same way. So, you see, yeah, and you can see so much. Like, if you ever have played this game or have seen this game in action, you can see so much of Donkey Kong's DNA yeah. in Popeye. Yeah. Just climbing
3: to the top and saving a big thing. Yeah. Or a little thing in this case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh
1: It's really weird that
0: his catchphrase was, blow me down. Yeah. <laughs> Why?
3: Now, can you know confirm that he
1: does. was a sailor man? Yeah, he was. <laughs>
3: Good. Uh, I can't confirm <laughs> anything about garbage cans. Uh, so th- another cool thing I wanted to mention about these machines, and, uh, and Brian's probably seen this before, but they have really good builds and they look different, different f- than other I forgot games.
0: that he lived in a garbage can. That was like yeah. a weird yeah, yeah, was that like old a, nursery rhyme from the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was like
3: a mean kid's nursery rhyme of a Popeye. I don't think that was a That's
0: difficult. not canon? No. I don't no. think that's canon. Okay.
3: It is in my head. Okay. Um, <laughs> But since these games were kind of made parts wise in Japan and then shipped to Redmond, as you mentioned, and assembled in a factory there, uh, they're all made out of wood. Like everything, yeah, like they're all wood lot, interiors. Like you, yep. when you open them up, you open the little coin door. Instead of having like a metal box for your coins, you will blank, blank, blank in. It's a beautifully crafted wooden box mm-hmm. for like you know like a hundred thousand of these Donkey Kong machines. It's just the craftsmanship is really cool, and they're all a little bit rounded, and they just look a little bit different. You know, they look like a like kind of a boardwalk amusement mm-hmm. machine instead of like a cool sci-fi space game, which every other game wanted to look like. Right. All right, so uh, Popeye, after Popeye, uh, there was a um, a series of great games that hit the arcades in the mid-'80s that also you'll recognize from home a little bit. Uh, one of those is Mario Brothers. So Mario Brothers was their first head-to-head Part of it. game. Yeah. It's a Donkey Kong-style cabinet, as you can see. It's wide, though. Mm-hmm. They made it wider, and they turned the monitor side, and so it's a wider game. And then you can play two people at once. Uh, the Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi, their names are established here instead of Jumpman, which was in, you know... Uh, Donkey Kong, and uh, this is not Super Mario Brothers. It's Mario Brothers, but it was a really significant cabinet because you could play, put in two quarters, play at once. That wasn't a thing at the time. Like, that just was uncommon. A game called Wizard of War had it. There's a few others, uh, and then, of course, in the later games like Smash TV and stuff were all about co-op,
0: but this was unusual at the time. It's also the first time these guys fought crabs. Yeah, the crabs were added. Very, Very odd. odd. Mm-hmm.
2: I, this is a Smash... Smashbox. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. that's yeah. correct.
1: Yeah, that's so yeah cool. totally. cool.
2: They even have the, um, you hit from under and you knock them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Japan, we saw action figures of these versions of Mario and Luigi. They're great. That I just like, I fell in love with. Yeah. I totally really cool. wish yeah. that They're I would have like bought the them. Your yeah. googly eyes yeah. and the mustache. They're part mm-hmm. of the
0: same line of that little Link that you and I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, ape, the old school NES Link.
3: Yeah. What great designs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, th- there was, of course, a game everybody knows, but a very different version of it called Punch-Out that came out next. Yeah. And uh, Punch-Out was a uh, – it was it's a cool arcade cabinet. It only has six characters. I think I wrote them down here. <laughs> they're very offensive. Uh, oh. we have gla- they're all based on a nationality. Uh, Glass Joe, Piston Hurricane, not Piston Honda, Bald Bull, Kid Quick, Mr. Sandman, and my favorite – Pizza Pasta, right? I think that's the that ma-
1: name. Hey, is that what we call you? <laughs> the yeah. Italian yeah. character in the super game, super racist.
3: Is named Pizza Pasta. Uh, I think oh, the
0: man. the interesting thing about this one is that it swapped out the kind of little Mac that you recognize from the game with this weird wireframe model, yeah. Little, yeah, little Mac, so you could see, see through, through him, him yeah, you so see that
3: big character behind.
0: Yeah, it. yeah. Um, and I remember seeing this in arcades. It was one of the largest like sprites you've ever seen in an arcade cabinet. <laughs> and you uh, know
3: how they did that? It's because all the information is on a separate monitor yeah. above it. There's two cool. TVs. Stacked mm-hmm. up on top of each, of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, what a crazy concept! Like, that was pretty original at the time. What else has two screens? The uh, DS, yeah, the yeah. Game and Watch. The, yeah. the Nintendo was thinking about this then. Like we the use
0: sometimes. Yeah, the yeah. Game and
3: Watch had the two screens also. Like yep. these prototypes that Nintendo was working on in the arcades absolutely became an inspiration for what they did later. Yep. They always look back into their past and draw from it.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that lot last week's episode, how they they will often have an idea in one game that doesn't make it to a final game and they'll pocket it and bring it back several years down the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: we also uh, have a game called arm wrestling, which came out after that, which is kind of like a punch out and light game. Very funny flyer for that. I've one. never played this one. It's cool. It's like punch out, and then there's this whole era of play choice.
1: So now, is this play choice machine? Is that the one that I saw at your place? Yeah. I okay. Have a play yeah. choice
3: machine, and then there's a play choice ten also, which has two screens. But basically, uh, Nintendo. Right. This is 1985. <laughs> Arm wrestling, punch out yeah. came out. And then right after that, home systems. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought about them for ten years. Everything in the arcades is just home system ports mm-hmm. and versus ver- versions of them. So the games you could play with two people in the arcade that was a little bit different. So uh, we have uh, Super Mario Brothers versus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have, after that, uh, just a whole series of NES games and about an eight-year gap between uh, Nintendo and arcades. And that's because arcades really collapsed. Home systems took off. And then what happened in the early 90s? Street Fighter II and Mortal Kombat. And when that happened, Nintendo was like, we can do arcade games still. We we have that technology. And they came out with Killer Instinct. Mm -hmm. So that's a big jump we just made, right? We went from 80s games to... 90s 3D, 64-bit games. Yeah, it's really and crazy. And it worked with Rare. And you guys remember this, though. This is a big hit. Like I don't know if like, you guys have memories of the arcade at the time, but K- Killer Instinct was a big deal when it yeah,
0: came out. Yeah, that was huge. It mm-hmm. was huge. I mean, it was like the thing you would get, you would go to an arcade for like a birthday party and you would play those three fighting games repeatedly. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? I was oh, always I should, a
1: Street Fighter guy. I was never much of a Killer Instinct guy. Yeah, but. Mortal Kombat for me. Like, I loved it.
2: When I was going to arcades, Tekken was there. Tekken
1: right, right, right. <laughs> was right yeah. after
2: us,
3: yeah. and it was an even more 3D game because yep. it wasn't yeah. just 3D models, it was 3D perspective. What's well, I think I should mention one weird thing is Nintendo always pairs with other companies, so Rare obviously worked on this game, but mm-hmm. Midway was an arcade manufacturer. Like they made uh Pac Man here, they made Tron here, they made all yeah. these original cabinets, Burger Time. They were like but, um, the
0: arcade manufacturer yeah, for Williams, kind of
3: Midway, anonymous. Uh, yeah, but you, you they didn't pair with a Japanese company for this, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. But I did, I, I forgot to mention the Space Firebird really early on, Sega put that out. Oh wow! Like think about the console wars for two decades after that. I know it's completely. And they're crazy. like, we used to be friends. Yeah, Sega helped them manufacture that game. Yep. So uh, then we also had Cruising USA mm-hmm. as their big driving game, and uh, that not was a, a good a,
0: game, but I really remember it fondly. I, and
3: it's ported homes. I, yeah, I played.
2: I played that in like uh, you know those like kids like ball pits. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Trek Discovery Channel. Zone or something. yeah, like that, the, yeah. like Discovery Zone that, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they had those there. Yep. I mean, and
3: they uh, they did cruising world and exotica and stuff like that. I've never seen this model, which is a uh, like a like a stupid looking puffy Ferrari. Yeah, I don't like that. I no, played no. a I
0: played a new cruising game in an arcade like a year ago. Yeah. I was just like, I think I was in, in Boston for PAX and there was like a, a movie theater there that had a- Had a cruising game? Had a brand new cruising. And yeah. we were like, what the hell? We got to play this. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, there's a big gap again uh, in Nintendo
3: and arcades. They focused on home for a while. They focused on 3D games mm-hmm. and the arcades kind of faded away. Uh, and then we got this kind of series of novelty games. I don't know why they exist. And and, and it's strange. And maybe- They're, they're a, sort of like Japanese spinoffs
1: of, of GameCube titles, right? So like yeah. the, we, we got F-Zero on uh, F-Zero, what was it? AX. It. Well, well, in yeah, the arcade, but it was, but X, so it was I, GX like, oh. on the GameCube. Yeah. yeah. And then Mario Kart and then Mario Kart GP in the yep. arcade. Yeah. And Nintendo did a really cool thing with both of these games where you could uh, bring your memory card in and bring your your files oh, and stuff over. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're back with Sega. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sega helped develop F-Zero this mm-hmm. generation.
3: It's really interesting. And yep. then you can see their cabinets, you know, are side by side. And what does that make you think about? It makes you think about Mario Kart GP, yep. right? Which is their next game. They did a Mario Kart game in the arcade. And then that brings us to basically modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Pokemon Tournament uh, a version in mm-hmm. arcades now. There's a Luigi's Mansion arcade game. It's awesome. I know it is awesome. This, so the Pokemon yeah. Tournament yeah. was... Oh, yeah.
1: Andrew, are our- uh, Marty and I played it in Tokyo. Yeah, and it is super fun. It's really. We cool. have
2: yeah. one of those machines in an arcade in Tampa of mm-hmm. all the places. Luigi one. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion. I, I, every time I go, there's always a line for it, and I've yeah. never been able to play. It's
1: it. really, really cool. <laughs> um, we, we also have stuff like uh, after Mario Kart GP was such a hit, you know, there's a lot of Mario Kart iterations in arcades since then. Yeah. Uh, you can play in Tokyo, especially. There's just like a ton of Mario Kart yeah. uh, cabinets in every arcade. Um, they take you can, your picture. Yeah, they take your picture. They put your face on you know, like your pulpit. Position, basically mm-hmm. it's really cool we talked um, about the VR one last yeah. week which, now yeah, there's VR really fascinating.
2: Yeah. A lot well, what's Pokken? What, um, Pokemon tournament other? was originally an arcade game okay Yeah. and um, a Great. lot of arcade games in Japan like you can save your data uh-huh. on some sort of particular card or like there's a Pokemon arcade game that you have uh, coins uh-huh. that are your Pokemon you can add them to your team mm. and it's like really cool and way more advanced than like any of the arcade machines I've seen here like saving data to like take with you in yeah. an arcade game like that's crazy. I think you'd never see that here.
1: I think it's really interesting that Nintendo is sort of synonymous with uh, console gaming. You know, like they, they obviously they've done home consoles forever they've cornered the handheld market for the last 25 plus years but uh, I, I think a majority of Nintendo fans or a lot of Nintendo fans anyway like myself often forget that they have this like rich arcade lineage and history yeah so it's, it's really cool you brought on the show and talked. yeah
3: about it. and yeah. I think the final point I wanted to make is that these games are not accessible for people to play mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's not good so like you can't play Space Firebird you can't play even the original Donkey Kong arcade machine on, on Nintendo's own platforms those ports are not available mm-hmm. and that's like really scary you always get the NES ports right and they're different yeah. like the Donkey Kong game is turned on, side on the NES still fun but it's a different game the patterns of the levels are different
0: it's also missing the pie factory stage until the re-release I on the 3ds that. one a couple mm-hmm. years ago I yeah. believe or was it Wii U they randomly one day were like, here's the full arcade version. I think it's on
3: DS. Yeah. 3DS. Um, but yeah, I, I was so obsessed when that came out. But uh, one important thing that I think needs to happen is, you know, the preservation of these games needs to uh, happen some way. Like, I would love an arcade collection of Nintendo classics. And until then, like, absolutely, you know, you know, support your local arcade. And I wanted to give a shout out uh, to those custom Arcade uh, cabinets are an uh, arcade. You can, two arcades you can visit in the Bay area. If you come out here, you can play these, uh, those custom cabinets so We have pictures on our site, but they're at high scores arcade. One's in Alameda and one's in Hayward. Mm-hmm. It's a great, uh, all their games are like immaculate, perfect shape. They're, uh, uh, just awesome people and they have a cool arcade here. Yeah. Uh,
1: and if you're interested in, in video game history and preservation like this, uh, check out the video game history foundation. Our buddies, uh, Frank Cifaldi and Stephen mm-hmm. Lynn launched that earlier this year. Um, they, tend to skew, skew a little more console-centric and a little less arcade but they have a ton of resources, they have a ton of games, uh, and uh, they're a really cool organization. So yeah. check
3: them out. So we don't have time for Question Block. That's cool, we'll get to them next week. It's a packed studio, uh, yeah. but we have uh, some cool questions in here that we will get to next week. Not even
1: one? What about just like, one real quick right. one? John asks the, the, the bottom one. John asks,
3: "Could Retro Studios' next project possibly be Metroid Prime Trilogy remastered for Switch? Wouldn't that be super duper
1: cool?" Best regards, John. I would lose my mind mm-hmm. if the Metroid Prime Trilogy came to Switch. Like an action game remaster, crazy. yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. so cool. If I could play those games like on the bus on the way to work, I would just be in seventh heaven. That There's a lot of awesome. scanning
3: and collecting in them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think the cool thing about that is they work with traditional controls. Although the third one would have to be retooled to work
1: with. Without motion control. You got motion oh, control yeah, on right. the Joy Con. You're going to do that yeah. on the bus? Yeah, heck yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm like going to design lap. some sort of necklace situation and just <laughs> hang it <laughs> around the person sitting like across a, from me. Like a, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. hanging around. It just do me a solid.
0: Just like a feed it bag it for a yeah.
1: horse, but with a switch in it? <laughs> but with a switch. And with mos- both like, okay. hold this. And then it's fun for both of us because I get to play and they get to wear a necklace.
0: They get a free switch when they leave.
1: That's also true. Yeah. Depending on how fast they are. Uh, Metro Prime—they're very
2: good games—and a lot of people didn't play them when they first came yeah. out. Like um, when the first Metroid Prime came out, like I—I I didn't play it. Like I was still pretty young, and I had, like Zelda, Pokemon, and like whatever games my friends were playing. And you miss so Space
0: Firebird too?
2: I'm totally—I have no idea what that is. Yeah, <laughs> Space Firebird. I it's played a
0: Metroid Prime boss probably. Uh-huh. I, I played does. Bubble so that's Bobble. That's why we did the show. Bubble Bobble rules. <laughs> Bubble
2: Bobble is my favorite
0: arcade game. I literally yeah, almost wore my right. Bubble Bobble shirt today.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think I think to your point, though, you're right. There are a lot of there's probably an entire generation that missed out on the Metroid Prime games. And if 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 what we think is true is true about where that game is at in development, we've got a long wait. And that would be awesome if they reskin those games and put them on the switch and said, like, hey, to tide you over, here's three complete games. Yeah, Uh, those are long games, too. Mm -hmm. So like donuts. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: All right. So uh,
3: please subscribe to Nintendo Voice Chat on YouTube and rate us on iTunes. It helps so much. It makes it possible for us to do the show. You don't have to send us money. You just have to do those things, and we're happy. If you want to
1: send us money, you can do that too.
3: Uh, you can chat with us in the YouTube. No comment. Yeah. Speaking of comments, chat with us in the YouTube comments on, uh, the Facebook NBC group. We love talking to you all there. And then the IGN comments as, as well. We all dip into all of those after mm-hmm. every episode goes up and we go up on the weekend. So we have more time to do uh, comment stuff. We love true. interacting with you all. I think we've all been posting in that Facebook group too. It's been a lot of fun. And then, uh, check out the IGN show, uh, this week on Disney XD. If you have cable and you get Disney XD, uh, the night of this episode going up, there's a new episode and then Monday through Friday, the next week there is as well. And then it goes on a little bit of a break, but this is a show each weeknight at nine 30 PM about check your local listings. Uh, there's a whole, uh, chunk of game, um, related stuff, uh, that uh, Disney is showing uh, during these this period. It's like a couple different shows and we're, we're one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually will be rebroadcasting all of those on TV at different times. So if you miss it and you want to record it or whatever. And also we will be rebroadcasting on YouTube and IGN. Yep. That's it. That's all the NVCs we have this week. I think that's what they say at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, no? that's right. That's how they close it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Zach, Brian, and Casey. I'm Sam. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.